Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We've got Jason Henson, uh, the first-year men's basketball coach at Labette Community College, uh, joining me on the show today. I believe it's your third time on the show, Jason. Welcome back. Third time, yeah. Third yeah. time. Always. Once you get to three, now you start to be a regular guest. Now I start to just hit you up any random mm-hmm. days of the week. You're like, hey, I need a radio guest. Do I get the jacket like Saturday Night Live? We get the <laughs> five-timer jacket i need to start getting kokc jackets for people um jason first off uh i want to talk about the coffeeville game that you guys played on saturday uh cali sorry you're right uh but before we talk about that game let's just kind of talk about the season in the aggregate uh you guys are seven and three to start the year you're done with games before winter break you're supposed to get one last one against the missouri southern state jv at home, they canceled on you because apparently their JV's just like disbanded for winter break or something like that. Right, they didn't have enough players apparently. Or- yeah, so, <laughs> so, so you guys are done with for winter break now. Seven and three record. You've already won more games than you had than you did all of last year, and you did it before Christmas. That's got to be an accomplishment in and of itself, especially for the core guys that you had coming back to this team. I'm curious, kind of how you grade and judge and engage your your pre winter break performance. Um, it's picked up. Um, our wins have come majority against JVs. We had a really good win against Southeast Community College. Yeah. Who's played um, our conference, everyone else, but twice over. Uh, they beat Highland twice, beat Highland last night. Um, close with Allen, they beat Heston. Uh, so it's a really good win for us. Mm-hmm. Other now we played, uh, our losses have come to three. Division one, um, some point ranked either currently or at, at some point during this season. Um, but we're playing our best basketball at this moment, so it's kind of not great that we have to go on break now and not play another month. Uh, yeah. Kind of backwards here. We're playing our best ball, but hopefully it'll pick back up when we come back. And, you know, let's talk about your schedule breakdown a little bit. I do think that that win against Southeast was was your best. That was a good oh, win. Yeah. Uh, it is your only win against a Juco. You've only, of your 10 games, you've only played four Jucos. Right, right. And, the other, and you're right. The other three were all Division ones. Uh Tough matchup against Butler. T- I mean, H- you give me Butch. Or I'm sorry, Butler, Hutchinson, and Cali, they, those might be the three best D1 Jayhawk teams right yeah, there. They're, they're top five, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, when you played against the D, the D1s, those Jayhawk Jucos on the D1 side, uh, you know, collectively, and particularly against Butler and Hutch early in the year, what was kind of maybe some data points you got from those games where you're like, okay, yeah, they're, they're just going to be better than us because they're Division One, but, you know, what did you learn kind of early on in the year about your team? Um, we learned early that we can play with them. Um, our MO has been uh, focused. How long can we go until we lose that focus? And then it's hard for us to pick things back up and get going again. Mm-hmm. Um, with Butler, uh, we made it almost a full half. Um, and then things kind of you know, hit the fan a little bit, and we couldn't regroup. Um, against Hutch, uh, we came in. <laughs> it really was bringing a, a water gun to a, a pit, uh, to a gunfight. <laughs> We uh, had two guards and they that are active to bring the ball up, and they pressed the whole game. It was it was it was a tough night all around. Um, and then the the Cali game was our prior best performance of the year, even though it was a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to focus our our guys full attention for probably thirty five minutes of the forty minutes. Mm-hmm. But that that last five minutes is what uh, you got to get in strong. So. And you guys, you you texted me about it. I forget the exact numbers. This is a game you lost by eight. You were up by seven with about. Ten minutes to go. We were up fourteen with up uh, fourteen eight, eight minutes ago. What happened in those last eight minutes? Uh, they went on a run. We made some silly turnovers. It was back and forth. We it was five six for a while. The, the eight was a lot of free throws at the end. We we kept mm-hmm. fouling and playing. Um, so it might have been a four point 
you know, really victory, aggregate victory. But, um, yeah, we just I, – I told our guys, this, you have to learn from these kind of things. We aren't used to winning those kind of games, especially our guys, sophomores from last year. The freshmen had to play a lot mm-hmm. of minutes. This is the way our style of play right now. They weren't used to that environment. It's a really good environment for a Saturday afternoon game. Um, I don't know if a listener's ever been to uh, the Cowboys Arena. Um, it's, it's really intimate, but it's yeah. big. It sits down on it. It's like it can be hostile a little bit for people hostile, that aren't used to it. Hostile, but it's a fun environment. Yeah. Um, but we we gave them everything we had, and they they were ready to fold it up. And probably two more stops, we would have had to win. I think. And you know, it was it's almost ironic full circle a bit because last year you guys played Cali at the Allen Classic very first game of the year and you guys looked good in that game but Cali beat you late uh, pulled away late and won that game and talking with Jared Stanford who was the head coach at the time and uh, you know I've said this how would the season have could the season have gone differently had you won that first game and just felt a little better about yourselves could that have maybe shifted the trajectory at its starting point enough to take you a different route now you go to this Cali game. You know your point. The head coach at Cali is your old college roommate. Uh, you served as his assistant at Tonkawa at NOC Tonkawa for a couple years. Uh, this is a a game that you're coming away feeling like we should have won that game and had a very signature win going into winter break. Tell your guys, hey, congratulations! You guys are playing your best ball. Let's come back and keep it going, and everybody gets to feel happy on Christmas. Now you got to sit with this game for a month. We'll see you January 4th when you play NEO, another tough opponent, and you got to kind of sit and stew in this for a little bit. How do you kind of – just how do you approach that? Uh, if we've been totally frank, the biggest difference between this and last year, uh, last year's early in the season, mm-hmm. uh, totally do, new style of play that neither one of us was probably pre- prepared to, to coach and teach. Um, and that kind of – you know, you make that victory, you kind of double down. Maybe, okay, this is what we can do. We can build on this. Um and we lose that game and kind of maybe a little doubts to in. Maybe it's not the right style for us. Things switch up and you don't get it consistently going. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year's team, this is who we are. I'm believing what we're doing. So there's no backtracking. This is reinforcement that what we're doing will work. Mm-hmm. We've got to get better at what we're doing. So that's, that's the biggest difference. What was the uh, – it's always kind of a cliche question, but what was uh, just the attitude in the locker room and in the van ride back uh, after that loss? I mean, was it – some kids these days, you know, some people are able to just to kind of move on from it. And, you know, I sit there and wonder, you know, okay, are those kids, are people like that that can just move on from a difficult loss? Are they not committed? Or are they just better than me? And they, right. and they don't, they don't carry it as much and they, and they're mentally healthier. I'm curious just kind of how you, you know, what, what you, what your observations were in that in department. In the past, probably several years, you've seen a shift with that with kids. Um, we took, I, when I was, took losses hard when I played. Mm-hmm. Kids nowadays, everything's six seconds here at Twitter and, TikTok and everything's none of that. So they might feel bad or not that they don't care, but it's something new. Boom. Something yeah. else to gather attention. Um, they took this one harder, longer than I've seen kids take it in a while. I mean, it really hurt them. And I told them it should. Mm-hmm. You know, just remember this, but it's this reaction. How, what are you going to do from this loss now? Is it something you're going to feel sorry about, regret, or build upon and use it as a, as a, you know, a tool? Uh, and at Van, at Van Ride Back, could have, I mean, in the dark, I'm sure. Dark van ride back. I, those can a lot of introspection on on rides back like that. I'm curious, uh, you know. This is you know, I, I want you to reflect kind of on yourself a little bit. Your first uh, full semester um, as a head coach uh, of this Labette program. Uh, what are some things you've maybe learned about yourself? What's something you've done that you're like, yeah, this is the right way. I'm glad I did it this way. And what's maybe something that you've done that 
not necessarily was wrong, but you feel like ah, I wish I would have approached it differently or just what was maybe a learning point at some point during the semester? Uh, I made a point um, to, I, I won't say second guess, but every, every decision I make is, is more or less, I mean, let's be honest, it's trial and error. It's my first year. That's basketball. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think something's going to work. I have experience in the work, but you don't know until you, until you implement it and try it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a point to, with my guys, be very transparent. So mm-hmm. if I make a mistake or I feel something's wrong, I'm not going to sugar. I'm going to tell them, I, I own up to this. This is what I feel we should do better. This is what I feel, feel I should do better. It's how we're going to change it. Um, and I think that, that opens things up for them to be able to accept criticism as well when things will go wrong. Um, I think I came into it with, I had a plan looking at my roster and who's coming in, how we're going to play. Um, and how so? Like, I, I We were a smaller team, um, so I thought I had to, you know, I, I – being the first year, you want to have control over things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't want things to be not necessarily chance, but you want to, you know, have your handprint on things. I've learned probably after, probably after the Hutch game, I have to let some some reins go. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm the head coach, but I got to give the, the kids some ownership, some control. Um, it's my style, our style of play right now. I'm giving, taking a lot of control away from myself and giving it back to the to the kids. So yeah. in practice, yes, I can control things, but in the game, it's pretty much them. I mean, I'm. Mm-hmm. It's fast, hectic. I'm yelling at them, but they're in the court. They can. Yeah. They're pretty much, you know, going. So you know, that was a uh, that was something that kind of reminds me of something that the a new. Gosh, I am forgetting his name right now, and I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll eat the bullet on this one. The new Cherryville football coach this year at Cherryville High School, third new head coach for the football program in as many years. So they've turned it over three years in a row now. Right. And uh, that kind of turnover is never healthy for a program. I don't really care who your players are. Right. And because it's all, you're just always learning something new. And they have a decent little, they had a decent little core of players coming back. That and they were dropping down from class three A to two A, which they were the lowest populated three A last year, playing in a league of Frontenac and Galena and, and a good Parsons team. That was right. it. Just wasn't a fit for them, so they struggled. But going down the two A with a strong core coming back, new hood coach came in with a uh, you know kind of a revitalized uh, opportunity. And I asked him in the preseason, I was like, you know, how do you kind of approach it? This You're the third new head coach. How do you uh, establish an identity? And he goes, I'm letting them do it. I'm letting the players establish the identity because any coach can come in here and tell them what to do and establish their culture and make it their own. And if I try to do that this year right now with this group, they're going we'll be behind the eight ball just like they've been the last two years. It, this team is theirs. And they won five or six games this year, had a decent little year, made it back to the playoffs, and it, they were a much they were an improved team. I, I'm curious how kind of obviously that's something you, you touched on the idea of giving more control to players. Is, is that a shift maybe we're seeing in some coaching philosophies, kind of you know seeping across all levels of the of the aspect and the profession? It could be. I mean, the, the game's changing. Obviously, it's a lot more. It's a lot of more open uh, spread, mm-hmm. three pointers, things like that. Um, I don't want to inflate the giving control to them and and with no no kind of accountability. Yeah. Uh, my biggest job and what I what what exhausts me every day is that it's not one second where I can let up on what I stand for and what I don't stand for. It's not one instance or one second because if you do, it's mm-hmm. a slippery slope. Then things start you know snowballing. So every second or every time I'm with the guys, I have to be totally my foot down on what I will stand for and what I don't stand for. And that's just, that's what builds culture, I believe. Yeah. Uh, once that's understood, yeah, go go play ball, go hoop. That's what you guys do. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that, once that's, that groundwork is down, I think that's a, a good point to start at. Yeah. Jason, stick around with me. We're going to go to a quick break here on The War Room on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We'll be right back with Jason Henson, the Lebec Community College men's basketball coach. Uh, don't go anywhere. And we're back here on The War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Jason Henson, the Lebec Community College men's basketball coach here in the building with us. Jason, we were talking a little uh, during the break kind of about that Cali game and uh, you said that where you guys struggled the most in that game was half-court offense. Uh, obviously, I saw the last home game you played, which was against Ottawa JV. You guys are uh, deep now into installing and really making a press, de- a very frenetic press defense uh, part of your identity. Uh, you felt like that was something that was that controlled a lot of aspects of that game against Cali. Uh, and obviously, anytime a team runs a press, that's going to you know establish a big part of that game's identity. I think back to last year with the Labette County High School girls basketball team under Kirsty Snyder, who's now coaching the boys under Anthony Halkett Parsons. Uh, they just really struggled to run half court offense. So her answer was, you know, screw it, we're going to throw. I'm going to go five deep on my bench. And we're going to press you the whole game. We're going to force transition after transition. We're going to beat you down the floor. And then when we have like a six-point lead or an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter and you, you're trying to mount that last comeback, out come four subs to keep pressing you with fresh legs. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, I mean, you're beaten at that point. How do you know? How does that translate to kind of what you're going through right now? I did notice in the Ottawa JV game, everything comes with a, with kind of some new variables when you're playing a JV. But that was the most some of the deepest players on your bench had played. Obviously, guys are getting more burned because you want to you want to stay as fresh as possible. But if you're struggling in half court, that that's that takes away a lot of opportunity. If you're efficient in the half court and you can press, you'll be unbeatable. But if if, if your press isn't working and you can't score in half court, that thing's going to go spiral down the other way too. How do you kind of address that during this? Uh, how do you address it even without your players here? You're going to practice a few times and send them home. How do you kind of fix that during this break um a lot of us is knowing what we're doing in the sets it's not that we can't execute it we just we don't know our spots and what we're doing um our i talk to guys about repeatable success um we may get a steal in the break we may throw overhead for a dunk or hit a three that's great you may do it five times in a row that's great you can't count that happening every time it'd be something different we can't repeat that success yeah all right we can have different success but not that same success when you know a set or offense you can make reads you can get a layup probably four times in a row you can get the same three Four times in a row. Mm-hmm. We need repeatable success. So yes, that those are sprinkles. I don't mind that the, the up and down, the fast break layups. But when we need our meat and potatoes and be able to go for sure, we're gonna get a shot that we want. Mm-hmm. We gotta have to be able to do that. And that's, that's what I'm struggling with right now with our guys. It's knowing what we're doing with that. Yeah, I, I'm curious. You know, I kind of asked you at the beginning of the year. You know, you got the job late. You had to, you know, really kind of fill your roster quickly. Uh, that's. Very rarely a, a huge recipe for success. I remember when Mitch Rolls took the job uh, with the women's team, he came in. Now, he came in even later than you did, and you've been with the program. He came in with, you know, a, a cupboard that was bare with four players and no coaching staff in place or anything like that a month before the season was going to start. And they said, put a roster out there. And he won two games that first year. You guys are clearly, you guys look like a cohesive unit out there. You know, it feels a little more fun interacting with your players and just kind of seeing the nature of it. Obviously, I'm not in practice every day, but I'm curious how you have manifested and manufactured what seems like a decent little kind of team right now. You guys are 7-3, and nothing to scoff about. You guys clearly can compete against some of the best talent in the the state. Uh, That's got to give you hope going into conference play. 
And you did this with a roster that you had to stitch together fairly quickly. It's credit to them. Um, it's college basketball. It's X's nose. Yes, talent. If your guys will play hard and play for each other, mm-hmm. it's a lot you can do. It, it accommodates for a lot of stuff that you probably necessarily don't have compared to other teams. And these guys right now are playing extremely hard. I wouldn't say for me, for each other. Because mm-hmm. uh, all sons are mad at me. And they, <laughs> they roll around me, but it's fine. I said, I'll be, show you. <laughs> right. Be mad at me, but play for each other. And they're playing extremely hard. Um, and that's the thing. We haven't put together, we put together 35 minutes last night, yesterday, of extreme effort with with basketball X's and O's and doing mm-hmm. the right thing. But we haven't put that 40 together yet. And when we do that, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a lot of effort. Effort's been forty minutes for a couple of games here, but when we put everything together, it's gonna be it could be special. Uh, one guy I wanted to ask about specific, or two guys I wanted to ask about specifically. I'll ask about the local first. Eric Dillinger, kid out of Erie. Uh, he he's gotten a few starts for you this year. Uh, you know he hasn't been a high volume scorer by any means, but he doesn't look out of place. He looks like he's ready to play Jayhawk Conference basketball. I'm curious. When you're recruiting a guy like that, uh, first off, what have kind of been your impressions on Eric? But I also kind of wonder, when you're recruiting a guy like Eric versus a, a guy that is coming from almost anywhere else in the country, uh, that those players that are playing elsewhere in the country are going to be playing a higher caliber of basketball nine times out of ten than Erie High School does in the Tri-Valley League. Right. How do you identify that Eric, a player like Eric, is ready and capable in the recruiting process to make that next step. Everything's a projection. Um, you see a kid, you like his, his size, his skills, what he can do. You see his work ethic and how he interacts with coaches um, and his teammates. And you hope it, it, it translates. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, with Eric, he, from the day I saw him, the first day I worked with him, he's been, yes, sir, put his head down and worked extremely hard uh, and did everything I asked him to do. And that's going to that's translating to the court and just getting him places. Um, he won as a game against Southeast. Our biggest win of the year was Eric hitting four free throws with four yeah. seconds on the clock. You know, he, he, he made two to put us up two, and he got fouled and made two more uh, to ice the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't ask more for him. It's for harder, him. harder to make those pressure free throws than a lot of people will ever quite understand. Yeah, and, I mean, that is. He, and, he, you're, and you're tired, too. Exactly. Like. Awesome environment. And honestly, too, I mean, when you're, you're from around the area, it, it kind of means a little more to you. He knows what a Jayhawk is. Mm-hmm. He knows what LeBet is. Is. He knows these teams. He knows Allen County. He knows Iola. Yeah. It means something to him to, to play against these guys. There's And to a degree, too, uh, there's always going to be somebody in the stands there for Eric Dillinger. That's true, yeah. And, there's, and, you know, that's a blessing and a curse. I'm sure a lot of the teammates that don't ever get to see their family during the course of the year would say, that's a blessing, <laughs> but no curse. But right. it, it does kind of add a unique dimension that there there's at least somebody there to see how Eric Dillinger's playing. Right. And uh, the other guy I wanted to ask about is your leading scorer, Cameron Edwards. Uh, he was the guy who was a transfer out of NEO, if I'm correct. That's correct. Uh, you know, he's averaging 19 points a game for you. Uh, this is a guy who uh, obviously a very effective shooter when he's hot. You know, I've seen him get hot in games, and, man, it just seems like he can't miss. Uh, this is a guy you projected as a potential contender for conference player of the year at one point, talking to me. Uh, how has his integration then obviously, I mean, obviously he's leading and scoring, and he, he can't be doing that badly, right? And he's had, he's been actually in the slump uh, the past couple games, and he's still 22, 22, 18 points. I guess yeah. he scores what he does. He scores. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's more trusting where his shots gonna come from. Um, he's a really good shooter. I've been working on what on footwork, um, being able to get your shot off quickly. Um, 
how, how quickly you wanted to get off, not rush by an offender. When I say quickly, just, you know, getting the shots you wanted in the timing you want. Um, but he's, he's a great, great offensive player. Um, he's been a huge, obviously huge help for us. And him being that good offensive player, teams are going to key in on, like we talked about last time, I believe, and uh, last time we talked. Um, he's on scouting reports now. He's on scouting reports. So go there and chase him here, and that gives me, it makes my job easier. So I can let them chase him, and other guys can, you know, can get easy looks because they're looking for him. Yeah. I have been imp- a guy that maybe not be filling up the stat sheet. A guy I like is Brandon Taylor. I feel like he's been uh, a steady presence. Uh, he may be one of the, he's probably one of the more recognizable faces on the team. I think this is what his third year. Uh, uh, not here, but third year. Yeah, third yeah, year at Juco. Yeah. I, I've been impressed with him. You know, that leads me into something that I, I may do a story about this on the Parsons Sun uh, here at some point during winter break, but. This is the last, barring barring any medical red shirts that come up on those specific players. This is the last year we're going to see third year JUCO guys because of all the COVID years. Uh, and I'm curious from a, from your perspective as a junior college head coach, uh, especially when it comes to recruiting, how are you anxious to kind of get back on that normal two year cycle? We, we see teams like uh, Labette women's basketball, and I mean, you look at softball, even volleyball with Katie Bittner. I think you have a couple third-year guys as well. It's not. It's been nice these last few years to reinforce your roster with some of these third-year guys. It's made you know better to better to offer a spot to one of those guys than some unproven kid fresh out of high school. Right. But the four-year levels have been kind of clogged up a little bit with these third-year guys. Uh, I'm curious just how the recruiting landscape. It, Evolves once we get past this last year of third year COVID guys. Uh, from your perspective, it is a blessing and a curse. Um, and one end, you know, JUCO is a different beast than anything. Um, it's it's unlikely anything. So if you're not experienced, it's hard to really explain. But after a couple of years, you kind of it's it's kind of time to move on. So either you're maturing and your body's maturing, or your mind is it's kind of hard to mold that same kind of player for JUCO life that's been maybe in JUCO for three years. Yeah, you're iterating, move on. Same token, if I get a kid that's been another JUCO for two years and bring him here, that's a lot of different stuff I got to reprogram maybe and get back going to what we want to do here. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get that going. Sometimes. Whereas a new freshman's ready to be reprogrammed. Yeah, they're, they're mobile. They're, they're, they're you know, they're palatable. I can shape them with more easily to what I want for as a program. Um, but you get older and you get stuck in ways of certain things, different programs do things for two years. It's it's hard to get that that reshifted sometimes. But again, their their bodies developed. They're they're usually stronger and you know, better player, so mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword sometimes. How's the recruiting been going? Obviously, you're entering your what would be the first full year of recruiting with you as the head coach. Uh, you have a new assistant in Jaron Dixon, a Parsons native. You know, I wrote that story for the Parsons on announcing his hire, and it's one of the most shared stories of the last few months. You re- you know how to play to your base there, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> right. uh, I, I'm, you know, and the one thing talking with him was, the biggest thing he'll have to learn, not that he's incapable, but that he just has to physically learn it, is how to go recruit, how to, you know, reach out. You know, he does, I thought Jason did a great job. He's always super personal. He does a great job of, uh, sorry, Jaron, he does a great job of, uh, you know, being a very lovable, affable guy in his community. How does he take that out outside his community and get somebody wrapped into it? Uh, but it just in terms of a program-wide approach, including getting him acclimated to that process, how's re- kind of recruiting been now uh, looking ahead? Um, it's getting going. Um, honestly, this, this feels like it's like guy Evan trading water. Um, and it's like people are saying, just stand up. Just, just but, um, you know, I'm fine. I'm slipping. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm getting my sea legs back. And, you know, um, we're going to head out here probably uh, once break starts for the college and 
get some tournaments up and start getting that list built up. But um, it, it's going. At it, this point, it, it's slow. Everyone thinks they're going to be a Division One athlete at this point anyway. <laughs> so you kind of kind of wait out, read out, just yeah. put relationships first, and then, you know, as it gets closer to it. That's signing. the thing, too, about JUCO is sometimes, though, in terms of looking from the junior college's perspective, the bid get are sometimes your latest ones oh, yes. just because they were holding out for a four-year or a four-year dropped them right at the very end of the cycle, right. and somebody's got to sweep them up. Right, definitely, definitely. This this time now is this, that foundation, relationship building, you know, being in contact, you know, talk, seeing how they're doing, seeing mm-hmm. they're a good fit for you is just, you know, you might be for them mm-hmm. uh, mainly. Uh, last thing, we got about uh, 60 seconds here. Uh, obviously, when, when I was at K-State, winter break was always the toughest, and it's much more shorter break at, at, at the Power 5 level. You're going to get just a few days off. We had a player, Marcus Foster. He was a great player, played for two years at K-State, was all Big 12 those two years, transfers to Creighton. He was an elite scorer. That guy found a way to put on, like, 15 pounds in, like, three days. <laughs> like, right. I don't I didn't even know how that was possible. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you, you know, just – you specifically with all your years of experience, how do you kind of approach the break uh, getting from a physicality standpoint, getting, making sure guys don't get too out of shape and what's maybe the approach those first days back to make sure they, to punish the guys that did. <laughs> um, a lot of pleading, begging to just do something. <laughs> don't sit on the couch, um, you know, get out and run. I, I tell the guys, if you want to play, it's fine. Don't go to the local Y, go to your high school mm-hmm. and get some, you know, some structured runs in or something like that. Cause, a lot of times you get hurt. People do silly stuff. They're jealous. You know, anything can happen out there if you do that kind or of just guys who aren't college basketball players that right. play a little more recklessly because they're not out there. They're exactly. preserving anything. Exactly. But when we get back, it'll be a couple, two days. You don't want to kill them. Um, the big thing is conference. When that starts, but you want to ease them back into it. But games start pretty fast once they get back. So mm-hmm. No coach is ever going to say they're happy with their season. They always say they can do better. Are you at least comfortable, comfortable or, or have you hit some benchmarks you hope to hit in your first semester as head coach i am cautiously optimistic i am <laughs> you'll say that at any point i feel like that's the yeah answer. it's been some good points and i'm you know I, I i told them expectations are a good thing um even put them in yourself or from other people um so i, I have them on myself and for our team and I, we're gonna keep working so that's all we can say there you go jason that'll do it for the war room thank you so much for coming on uh listeners thank you for uh sticking with us uh that was jason henson the Labette men's basketball coach uh, at Labette Community College in Parsons. Uh, the Labette Cardinals 7-3 and three to start the year, already surpassing last year's win total of six. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody stay safe and God bless.